My name is Enzo and I'm a consultant here for Economics Design and I will be your host for today. We are very thankful to have you here and join us as we learn more about this complex space we call Web3. And the title of today's session is Maximizing Your Yield, a guide to staking and DeFi. And today we are lucky to have two fine gentlemen with us right now from our guest company, Stater Labs, joining for this session. So we have the founder of Stater Labs, Amit Gajala. Did I say that correct? Who is actually the founder and as well as the head of community, Antonio Morales. Welcome, gentlemen, to today's session. Could you kindly introduce yourselves to everyone who's listening? Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot, Iman and Zoe, for having us here and everybody who's joined to listen in today. Uh, may, uh, thanks a lot for your time. My name is Amit. Uh, I'm one of the founders of uh, the Stata Protocol and Stata DAO. Uh, glad to meet all of you today. Uh, I, like, by way of introduction, my name is Amit Kajala. I come from uh, India, born and brought up in India, currently based out of Toronto, Canada. I handle all things uh, business and non-tech. Okay, I'm glad I didn't mess up your name. Thank you. <laughs> and Antonio, go ahead. The floor is yours. Introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks for the thanks for the invite, Enzo. So my name is Antonio. I have been in crypto since 2017, uh, but in particular since summer of 2020, uh, I delved into DeFi, and in particular, I delved into the multi-chain landscape and, and how liquidity is, is, is fragmented across different, uh, different blockchains and, and how these ecosystems function as separate entities that are, that are connected by bridges, right? So, yeah, uh, I have been helping Stether Labs on this multi-chain journey, this beautiful multi-chain journey that has brought us to six different chains so far. And now we are preparing our assault to, to the big giant, which is Ethereum. So we are very excited <laughs> of the unique product, the unique value proposition we are building on Ethereum. I'm pretty sure we will talk about it uh, during the session. Yep, we will go through that as well. But let's get to know more about you guys. And you mentioned that you got into crypto because of DeFi. And I think around 2020, a lot of people were actually onboarded to crypto through these decentralized financial protocols. So um, I just wanted to ask for both of you guys, can you also walk us through like your professional experience, your background, and how has it prepared you to be um, leaders in the space, especially at Stader Labs. So quickly talking about my my journey. So I I was I started uh, I started my professional career with a consulting firm called AT Kani. It was a global management consulting firm, and then uh, I jumped into the Web two startup world, doing multiple strategy and uh, management roles. My Latest stint before getting into crypto full time in 2020 was with uh, one of the largest India's food tech player called Swiggy. I used to head strategy and transformation <clears throat> and then was following the DeFi summer and the proof of stake evolution from the sidelines till 2020. Well, in my case, Enzo, I, I am an aeronautical engineer by profession. Uh, I also uh -huh. have a second degree on economics. Um, and yeah, so I've always been fascinated by finance and economy. That's why, you know, when, when I started learning about crypto in 2017, I really 
went into the rabbit hole very quickly. And, and once I made the transition, the full transition into Web3, I, I never looked back, right? I'm really happy to be working in such a nascent industry and be working on products which I think will redefine finance and, and, and economics as we, as we know them, right? Like traditional finance has been quite stagnant for the last 30, 40 years. And I'm sure that blockchain, it's going to revolutionize the way we have thought about these structures for the last 30, 40 years. So that's a little bit my, my professional background when I started working uh, heads first in DeFi. Into crypto. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like whoever thought or made up blockchain didn't really foresee how much of an impact it could be. And a lot of people iterated on it. And now we have DeFi. In, in 2020, we had DeFi. We have game, blockchain gaming. And we all uh, have a lot of other protocols that are building in the space right now. And one of those protocols is basically Stater Labs as well. So um, Antonio, can you also give us a brief history behind the company? How was it formed? Especially um, if Amit is still here, like the thoughts behind um, coming together and building Stater Labs. Yeah, Stater Labs was formed in uh, June 2021. So we are soon going to be turning two years old. And we, we started building uh, Stater Labs um, as a liquid staking infrastructure company, we started building on Terra blockchain. But since inception, we had very clear in mind that we wanted to be multi-chain. Right? So we started building in June, but in November 2021, it's when our first product went into mainnet. That product was Luna X which was the liquid stake token of Luna. And it was a smashing success uh, in the first 10 minutes because we were capping it at, uh, at a few million dollars. In, in, in a few minutes, we reached uh, $10 million. Uh, in in few weeks, we reached $150 million in TVL. And, and at the peak, at the peak, we had $1 billion, right? So it was fantastic. We were building also a lot of products on top of these liquid staking um, stack, right? Because liquid staking is yep. really like the first step in the DeFi journey of an user, right? I mean, mm -hmm. think about this. And it's really like the first staking. one that we get exposed to for Correct. DeFi. Staking is really the entry level for everyone coming into the space. That's correct. And then normally, in a normal situation versus normal staking, you will be forced to choose between doing staking or doing DeFi with your native mm -hmm. coins, right? Like ETH, like Luna, like whatever. But thanks to liquid staking, those two things are not mutually exclusive anymore. So you suddenly mm -hmm. don't need to choose between them. You can actually do liquid staking first and then continue your DeFi journey. And that was... What? Quite revolutionary when we did it in Terra, and mm -hmm. it was a it was an immediate success. We validated our product, we validated our concept, and we were ready to expand to many other chains. Right? Yes, that's right. That's correct. That's like that's a nice insight as well coming from you, Antonio, and the guys at Stato Labs. Good thing you made that. 
And basically, my next question I wanted to ask is, of course, there are a lot of DeFi protocols out there. There are a lot of staking protocols out there. So I just wanted to ask as well, like what makes Taterland Labs different from the the other products in the market or basically your competitors? Sure, sure. Enzo. I mean, that's a, that's a good question because um, pretty much we can see that in LSDs, I mean, in liquid staking, in a, in a similar way as you can see in DEXs or money markets or or pretty much the rest of Web3 categories, it's a fairly commoditized landscape. You can see there are a dozen of players in each of these categories. But we are unique. And let me tell you some characteristics, some features about us that we would like to highlight. Go ahead. We, we are a company that, despite having lost, because Terra collapsed in, in, in April 2022, despite having lost that billion-dollar TVL that we once had, we were able to raise, to have three different fundraisers, and we have a very healthy runway for the six, seven years to come. This has allowed us to you know, hire a lot of people. We are a team of 40 people and counting we are building a lot of products at top of the liquid staking stack. We are live already on six chains, right? Let me let me enumerate them to you. Uh, the most popular of them are Polygon and BNB chain. Okay, those are mm-hmm. the two most popular uh, blockchains. But we are also live on Edera. We are live on Phantom. We are live on Near, and we're live on Terra 2.0. You will not find well. You'll maybe find one competitor that has been so. Um, proactive in in expanding to other blockchains. But most of the uh, liquid staking protocols will just keep their core competence uh, in one blockchain, whether it's Mm -hmm. Lido with Ethereum, whether it's Marinade with Solana, right? We are a company, however, that has a big DeFi expertise. We have more than 40 DeFi integrations with partners such as Aave, Balancer, PancakeSwap, etc. And these allow us to build on other chains and scale the liquid staking uh, products there fairly quickly compared to the competition, right? So this is why now we are knocking on Ethereum's door. We are the only big liquid staking player. And when I say big, I mean above $100 million in TVL that has not gone live into Ethereum yet. And we are coming with a very unique solution, right? We are not coming into Mm -hmm. Ethereum just to grab TBL, just to grab um, market share. We are coming with something that's going to revolutionize staking as we know it in the Ethereum landscape. And therefore, we're very bullish about what is to come for Stater in the months to come, right? So... That is a little bit, you know, it's summarizing, you know, fast-paced company, a wide array of blockchains being built, DeFi expertise with more than 40 DeFi integrations, um, very well capitalized, and also building something unique on Ethereum. Those are a little bit our differentiation factors. Yep. And something that is actually interesting or something that I caught interesting on my end is that most of the DeFi protocols are actually built on Ethereum first, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys, you built on other chains first before knocking on Ethereum's door. Is some is that really part of the strategy when you first started? Well, yes. Yeah, so since we since we were born, right? We were born with a multi-chain uh spirit. That is why, you know, that is why when Terra collapsed. 
yes, we lost that million do- that billion dollars in TVL. We we stopped being mm-hmm. one of the top DeFi protocols out there in terms of TVL, but we were already very advanced building on Polygon, building on Phantom, building on Edera. So shortly, I mean, roughly one month after uh, Terra's collapse, we were already live on those three blockchains. So we have shown a lot of resilience over time. And why are we building on Ethereum now and not before? Is because, as I was saying, we wanted to build something that really solves a problem, that really solves an issue. And for that, what we saw in Ethereum is that although Ethereum is a very benign blockchain to be a validator, the problem is that it requires a high capital barrier for you to do so. You need 32 mm, ETH. Yes. You need 32 ETH, and at current prices, that's pretty much $60,000, $65,000. So a lot of people cannot afford that amount of money. And there are some other solutions that allow you to become a validator with less than 32 ETH. But the problem is that instead, in exchange, they require you a lot of governance token instead, posting it as a kind of insurance. So we met a lot of node operators, I mean, a lot of wannabe node operators that told us, you know, I would really want to be a validator in Ethereum because, you know, it's like the gold standard of blockchains, but I cannot do so because of a matter of money. You know, I just don't have $60,000 or I don't have $30,000, which is like the the closest competitor offering right now. There's really a trade-off, right? You, you were mentioning there's a trade-off in terms of having yeah. enough ETH in order to become a validator, or if it's not ETH, it's in another token. That's yeah. really a pain for most of those who want to become a node validator. Yeah, because some people are like, hey, you know, uh, I mean, these people are asking me to, to, to use less ETH, but at the same time, they're asking me three, $4,000 on a governance token, and I don't feel comfortable holding that, right? And it's a valid concern. It's a valid concern. So enter ETHX. Enter ETHX architecture, which we built with validators in mind. What we are doing with ETHX is that we are reducing barrier to become a, to spin up validators to only four ETH. So that's eight times lower. And what you that's need much, to much lower. Much lower. Now for you to be able to offer eight E eight X eight times lesser bond, there is a small trade-off. And the small trade-off is that because I'm gonna be delegating so much ETH to you, Enzo, if you are gonna be running four ETH validator, I'm gonna be delegating to you 28 ETH. I mean, from liquid stakers. Mm-hmm. Liquid stakers are those that they will not run validators themselves, but they will delegate their ETH in exchange for that convenience and in exchange for a little commission that you're going to be taking out of them. Mm-hmm. It's a similar way as STETH from Lido Works. You go with the convenience of having everything outsourced to Lido, but you will pay 10% in commission to Lido. Fair enough. So what we are doing is that to make sure that we do not jeopardize those 28 ETH that we are giving to the validator, we need to make sure that we will be able to kick you out. I will use that word. And it's not we as stater employees. It's we as the smart contract, Mm -hmm. the smart contract architecture. We'll be able to kick you out in case you start misbehaving. Because in case you start misbehaving, in case you start like taking a serious risk of slashing, 
you are going to lose not so much of your capital, just 40, but a lot of capital of other people, 28 ETH. Right? So this is why yep. we need something called forced exits. And mm -hmm. forced exits needed withdrawals to be enabled. And as you probably know, withdrawals have just been enabled with the Shanghai upgrade that happened on the 12th of April. Yep. And this is why ETHX had to come to fruition now, in quarter two, 2023, and not before. So that answers the question of why are you coming to Ethereum now and not two years ago? Well, we wanted to add value to the network. We wanted to create a unique product that solves an issue and that meets and that has instant uh, product market fit. But for that, we needed Shanghai upgrade to ship first. So you were really waiting for the right infrastructure to be in place before entering this particular market. And look, Enzo, no better, no better um, a confirmation of the product market fit of what we are building than telling you that in the first week of testnet in Goerli, Goerli testnet, we had mm -hmm. more than 250 people spinning up validators with us in mm -hmm. testing. So all those 250 people, I mean, most of them, they share a similar profile. They wanted to become validators. They were interested about it, but they did not have those $60,000, those 32 ETH needed to be validator. They can have four ETH or they can have eight ETH and spin up two validators, etc., etc. So okay. to me, this is the clear... Uh, confirmation that we are building something that the market was waiting for, right? And so those validators are one side of the equation. The other side is, of course, liquid stakers, people that are going to stake any ETH starting from 0 0.01 ETH, right? Starting from yep. $10, $20 worth of, it, worth of it. And those people, what we have for them is we will have a lot, of, a lot of DeFi opportunities for them in places like Aave, Balancer. I mean, pretty much, you name them, all the blue chip DeFi protocols you can imagine. Why? Because we have already shown with MaticX in Polygon, with BNBX in Binance, which, which, is our, which are our other liquid stake tokens, that we are, I mean, we are already connected to them and that we know, you know, how to make our liquid stake tokens attractive from a DeFi perspective. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for really detailing the staking ecosystem that Stater Labs has. And you mentioned a few times about ETHX, ETHX. And for the benefit of our listeners, basically, could you explain what ETHX is? And what are the benefits of actually getting some of these ETHX tokens? Where do you like buy it, sell it? Or where, where does the buy and sell pressure come from for this particular token? Okay, very good question. So look, when I talk about ETHX, I can mean two things. I mean, ETHX is the ticker, our coin, our liquid stake token, right? So imagine you, Enzo, you, imagine you are going to be just a liquid staker, right? So mm -hmm. you go and stake... Let's say one ETH, and you are going to receive in exchange one ETHX. Now, with that ETHX, you're going to go, you're going to be able to go to DEXs, money markets, you know, places like Aave, like Balancer, like Curve, and you're going to be able to do whatever you want with in your DeFi journey. You add liquidity to a pool, 
whether it's with no impermanent loss like ethex eth or whether it's with impermanent loss like ethex usdc or you use ethex as a collateral and you borrow stable coins right i mean you name it whatever defi thing you want to do now what's happening in the background is that we are taking that eth that you're staking with us and we are delegating it to those validators i have talked about and those validators are going to be securing the blockchain are going to be receiving staking rewards and those staking rewards are going to be auto compounding for you in the ethex token so you don't need to be doing anything ethex is going to be worth automatically more and more over time versus eth so the day you staked maybe the day we launch you stake with us you receive one ethex for that eth you staked but when you come in a year time you are not going to have one eth you are going to have back 1.05 ETH because of that 5% staking reward. Does it make sense? Okay, so basically the ETH X, when I convert it back to ETH, I get more of that ETH. Proportional to the time. Exactly, proportional, mm, proportional to the time. To the time. Because the more time you stake, the more staking rewards that are going to be auto-compounding on that token. Mm, and where does that extra 0.05, based on your example, come from? Right, so... Very good question, because it's always important to know where the yield comes from. And it's a very healthy form of yield, Enzo, because that's the staking rewards that the Ethereum blockchain is giving validators. And as you probably understand, so blockchain, it's a careful balance of incentive and penalties. So when you become a validator, if you do good, you are going to receive staking rewards. If you do bad, you are going to be penalized. You're going to receive penalties. You're going to be slashed right? So you do good, you increase your stack. You do bad, you're going to decrease it. So because we curate the validators we have, and we have a lot of on-chain monitoring, and as I say, if somebody's misbehaving, we are going to kick them out of, of state smart contract, then it's fair to say that your ETHX is worth more and more as time passes by. Mm -hmm. Just to finish, so sometimes we talk about ethex, meaning like the structure of like the architecture I have talked about and how uh, we pull four ETH from a validator and 28 ETH from liquid stakers. Now, something that's interesting to, 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 to mention is that we are currently in testnet. As I said, we've had more than 250, I mean, by now it's 300 already, 300 beta testers in GoEarly, and we are going to be doing tests for roughly another month. And it's fair to say that late May, early June, we will be launching ethex in mainnet. Okay, cool. That's actually a nice utility to have to acquire some ethex. But I also wanted to ask what else can we do for that particular token? So can we stake it? again or to get an, a different kind of reward or maybe can we convert it into other cryptocurrencies um yeah what else can we do with ethex basically very good question so look basically i mean i will not answer only like what can you do with ethex is is basically you're asking something more general which is what can you actually do with a liquid stake token and okay yeah by the answer i'm gonna give listeners will probably understand this whole hype around LSD protocols that has been happening since the beginning of the year, right? And that has seen um, the, the price action of these tokens be very positive over the last months. What has, I mean, what people have come to understand over the last months is that liquid staking is the most superior form of staking out there. 
and staking is an essential part of a proof of stake uh, blockchain, be it Ethereum, be it Polygon, be it, be it BNB Chain, whatever it is you mentioned, whatever it is. So look no farther than Coinbase. Coinbase was doing plain staking. When you have ETH on Coinbase, they would tell you, do you want to stake this? And they would stake it in a normal way, meaning they lock your tokens and your ETH is not accessible until you decide to unstake it. Now, Coinbase realized how powerful liquid staking was, and then overnight decided to liquefy their staking holdings, and they created something called CBETH. So suddenly they migrated from normal staking to liquid staking. Today, more than half of all the ETH that it staked is staked with liquid staking protocols, whether it's Lido, whether it's Coinbase, whether it's Rocket Pool, and soon to be Stater. And liquid staking is very powerful because you have all the advantages of normal staking, all of them. You don't renounce to anything. But on top of that, you can customize your DeFi journey as you see fit. Because if you ha if you are very risk averse, you are just maybe going to be holding that ethex in your wallet. But if you want to get some extra yield, you can go to a place like Balancer and add Liquidity. And now, how much more uh, risk on you want to be? If you don't want to be too risky, you are going to be adding it to a pool with no impermanent loss, like ETH, ETHX. Because ETH mm -hmm. and ETHX are always going to move on tandem. Yep. Drops 10%, ETHX drops 10% too, because it's it's just a liquid stake token. I mean, it's a derivative of the coin, right? If you really want more yield, really want more rewards, but you are also okay being subject to permanent loss, you may want to do an LP with something like ETHX USDC. Maybe what you want is to use it as a collateral in a money market. You go to Aave, you deposit, let's say, $1 million worth of ETHX because you're still very bullish on ETH and you want to have a yield-bearing version of ETH instead of a liquid one. And with that, you borrow, let's say, half a million stable coins to do other things in DeFi. And imagine at certain point you just get bored. I mean, you, you just want to do something else with your money instead of ethex. And you just go to a place like Balancer or like Uniswap or like Curve and swap it immediately. You make it liquid immediately by swapping it to ETH or by swapping it to a stablecoin. So that is why you get the best of both worlds. You get the best of DeFi. Sorry, you get the best of staking. But at the same time, you have a liquid asset. You can get the best of DeFi according to your risk appetite, or you can get out of it at any time you want. Actually, that's kind of cool. Like it, it's really perfect for what we're discussing today in terms of maximizing your yield in staking. So apart from just taking your ETH, you could actually do a lot more or a lot more by doing something with your ethex as well. And yeah, I just want to shift the topic a little bit and explain more of the technical aspects to it. I was looking through the different documents that you have, and I've kind of like wanted to know more about this multi-pool architecture that you have. I think it also has something to do with the nodes for the validators. Like you have two different nodes out there, permissionless and permission nodes. So for the benefit of everyone that's going to listen and listening to our conversation, can you briefly tell us more about this multi-pool architecture? What is a permissionless node and how that differs from a permission node in your ecosystem? Great, Enzo. Very good question. So look, until now, when, when we were talking before about this um, value proposition that we're bringing to Ethereum and how we are 
democratizing the access to validation thanks to reducing eight times the capital barrier, that was for what we call permissionless node operators, meaning people that want to be validating the blockchain and do not want to do any KYC, do not want to share any information with Seder whatsoever. Where do they live? How old are they? Etc. Now, what happens with the permissionless options out there is that they have not been able to scale fast enough versus centralized players like Lido or Binance or Rocket or, uh, or um, Coinbase, for example, right? So it's to say that mm-hmm. four players, Lido, Coinbase, Binance, and Kraken hold 60% of all the ETH staked. So that represents a big vector of attack a big centralization force and something that the industry should strive to reduce. The problem with permissionless options is that they cannot scale fast enough sometimes because imagine Enzo that we have a lot of people wanting to liquid stake, but we don't have enough people want to be validators putting 40th because 40th is more accessible. I mean, 40th right now is about $8,000. Still, maybe not so many people have $8,000 and have the tech savviness and the time to dedicate to that. Mm-hmm. So that is what has happened to other competitors out there, that even though a lot of people wanted to stay with them because they're decentralized more than the other players, they simply didn't have enough node operators. And then they had to stop, they had to halt deposits. And of course, that greatly hinders growth because people will just go to the to, to a centralized player like Lido instead. So this explains why Lido, for example, has 30% of the market share, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yep. we believe that Ethereum staking is, is a landscape that by definition, you don't want to have a monopoly. We, you don't even want to have a three, four player oligopoly like we don't have now, like we have now. Because there are so many players that understand how risky it is for the network to have 60% of all the state value among four players. That basically means that you bro- bring those four players to, your, to, their, to their knees and you have the whole blockchain your, to your will. Right, you bend them to your will. So yep. a lot of players will stake with decentralized options as soon as they're able to scale fast enough. And this is why we're having a hybrid architecture in which we um, give all the facilities and give all the priorities to permissionless node operators. But we do have a series of permissioned node operators that we will rely on if ever there are no permissionless uh, people willing to take deposits. So our ethos with this multi-pool architecture is that we never reject anybody from staking with us because that greatly harms growth in the middle and long term. Now, mm-hmm. we are also uh, the, the third and last leg of our multi-pool architecture is DBT. DBT stands for Distributed Validator Technology. And we are an early partner with SSV. And DBT technology promises to reduce even more the barrier of entry for being a validate for becoming a validator from current four ETH with Stader, you probably would be able to go down to one or two ETH. Right? So as soon as that technology mm-hmm. is ready, somewhere later during the year, we will be adopting it. Okay, cool. That's a quite um, a very detailed um, explanation or discussion on permission and permissionless nodes. And just wanted to ask as well, 
for if I wanted to set up my own node, like the can I set up a permissionless one or do I need to set up a permission node? You need to set up a permissionless one. And mm-hmm. the, so we are currently uh, running our beta test, as I said. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, going to last for, we are going to be accepting new uh, beta testers for the next 12 days. So pretty much until the end of the, on the, of the month. And we have additional $700,000 in rewards to people that become permissionless node operators with us since testnet, right? Basically, what you would need to do is just join our Discord. If you join our Discord, we have a lot of guides. Uh, we have a lot of information that I'll be sharing with you after this, uh, after this AMA session. But um, we, as I said, because most of the people that are going to be running validators with us are people that have been priced out of it until now. They are all beginners, pretty much. Yep. We are making it as user-friendly and as beginner-friendly as you can imagine. So, And and this is where the 4ETH comes into play, right? In order to start up a permissionless node. That's correct. So first, you are going to do it in Goerdly. So we are going to give you like the testnet ETH and the testnet SD. So first, you are going to... You can try it. It's like you can test drive the car for free. You can do it in testnet. <laughs> yeah. You can see if you like it. You can get yourself comfortable with running a node. And then when we go live in 1.5 months, you are confident about what you're doing. Yep. And I just wanted to ask more on that 4 ETH number. Like, how did the team arrive at saying 4 ETH is the optimal starting sure amount to operate a permissionless node? Sure, that's a very good question. So as I said, we, we really wanted to come up with a, with a bond that is as low as possible, to be as democratic as possible in terms of offering everybody the possibility. And still you could say, hey, for it is still $8,000. Not everybody can run validators with that amount. Fair enough. But we run an extensive security analysis in partnership with SSV, the, the protocol that I mentioned that we are going to be doing distributed validation technology with them. And we came up with the conclusion that the 40th bond covers the key risks like slashing, poor performance, MEV theft, and other actors like staking, like rated, which are uh, reputed uh, Ethereum network players, reviewed this methodology and shared the feedback with us, right? So for ETH, Let's say that 40th is as much or as good as we could do so far. As I said, I don't think we are going to turn 2024. I don't think we're going to finish the year without seeing that reducing even more to maybe 2ETH or 1ETH. Because I think SSV and the distributed validation technology is just barely months away from going mainnet. I think. This is just my opinion, my personal okay. opinion. It's not a... Financial advice, but yes, it's oh, definitely of course. good strides in their test nets, good strides in their proof of concept. Of course, uh, not everything you hear everywhere is financial advice, right? So just a disclaimer out there to everyone that's listening. And yeah, you mentioned that currently you also have a test net available. So that actually leads well to my next question is basically, can you 
tell the audience about the current state of the platform. So like how many users does your platform have? Um, you can talk about it in terms of the other networks as well. Like you can compare like the the other chains that you have to the ETHX platform as well. Absolutely. So look, um, as I said before, we are live on six chains and we have 75,000 stakers across these six blockchains, 75,000. And the total value locked across these six blockchains is $130 million. Okay. Um, as I said, our liquid stake tokens are integrated in more than 40 DeFi platforms. <clears throat> the most popular of them include the likes of Balancer, Aave, PancakeSwap, you know, Wombat, Athena, <clears throat> pretty much pretty much all the important ones in places like Polygon and BNB. We also run, we are seeing right now a, a lot of DAOs and whales uh, that want to stake, you know, like $100,000 and above worth of Matic, worth of BNB, because they have treasuries, because they have family offices, etc. And we are increasingly becoming... You know, like making partnerships with them, making partnership with custodians, making partnership with CFI, you know, CFI players or, or, or centralized exchanges. Really, you know, like we want to, to, to move to, to, a, to a situation where anywhere where a person is clicking a button called stake, that is actually powered by Stater. That's a little bit our long-term goal, right? But as I was saying, mm -hmm. like right now, our current traction is 75,000 wallets, $130 million. And I would say a good 20, 30 different DAOs and family offices that are trusting their their money with staking with Stater. Okay, cool, cool. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really nice to hear. Um, before I open the floor for a Q&A, basically, I just wanted to ask one more question as well. So you talked a lot about basically what ETHX, your new staking, the different staking platforms that you have. And I want to ask basically, what's next for Stater Labs? So both in terms of ETHX or other platforms, like in terms of achieving your goal, what's the next step like over the coming months or so? Several things that are coming, right? I mean, we're launching ETHX and we are making sure that we are going to provide top-notch service for three people, basically. For me, it's a trifecta, ETHX. It's good for node operators, it's good for liquid stakers, and then it's good for something that we haven't mentioned so far, which is SD holders. SD is our governance token. And now let me tell you how are we going to be rolling out ETHX to make sure that we offer optimum value to all of them. So for node operators, we are going to give great technical support, great security, because we are coming with three audits and a lot of on-chain monitoring. And we are also going to have a myriad of incentives to become permissionless node operators. And so we are dedicating $2 million on the first year wow. of operation, just in rewards for node operators, $2 million, okay? So we really need to attract as many as possible. As I said, we want to be decentralizing Ethereum, thanks to Ethex. So we don't want to be a nothing, mar nothing burger. We want to be one of the most established players there. For liquid stakers, 
trifecta, which is the second leg of, of this trifecta, <clears throat> we are going to be giving a lot of use cases and very attractive rewards. Mm? So our promise, our commitment is to make Ethex to have as many use cases as you can imagine on blue chip DeFi protocols, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as we gather enough liquidity and enough momentum on Ethereum mainnet, we want to hop into L2s like Arbitrum, Optimism, CKSync, etc. Right? Which is where a lot of activity from very sophisticated players happen because it's just much more affordable than ETH and you don't want to be spending two, three, ten, fifteen dollars every time you click a button in MetaMask, right? So we want to make DeFi attractive for those people with ETHX in places like Arbitrum, Optimism, etc. Right? And then the third and last portion of people that we are going to be uh, adding value to is SD holders. Because to become a node operator, you will need to bond a little portion of SD token, 0.4 ETH worth of SD. And SD holders, in return, receive a portion of the revenue that Stater is making across all the blockchains they are offering liquid staking, right? So by having SD, you are actually diversifying across seven different blockchains where Stater is earning revenue, right? So there is this whole real yield narrative, and real yield means that you are getting a yield that it's actually real money paid by real people to use a product and not just simply inflationary rewards. And that is what SD holders are going to be earning thanks to ETHX and thanks to the liquid staking that we have live on six other blockchains, right? So this is like this master plan is what we are building over the next months. And thanks to our DAO, which we are decentralizing our governance into, and we have started a delegation program barely two weeks ago, um, we are going to be making it happen and we are going to be putting the decision-making power in the hands of the community, right? Whether they are node operators or whether they are SD holders. So uh, you mentioned that the third uh, beneficiary or the third main um party in this uh, ecosystem is the SD holder. So I just wanted to briefly ask this. Do I have to stake the this SD token in order to receive those rewards? Or do I get it as long as like my wallet holds an, a certain amount of this token? No. Yeah, absolutely. So look, when you are a liquid staker, you don't need to hold our token to receive your staking rewards, right? I mean, other... You are, you are liquid staking, you are staking ETH or, or BNB or MATIC, you receive MATIC X, BNB X, ETH X, and you don't have to do anything because that token is already auto-compounding the staking rewards for you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you hold or stake SD, our token, you are going to be entitled to a portion of the revenue that Stater protocol is generating. Because Stater is going to take, I mean, on any liquid staking protocol, it's going to take a small commission, 5%, of your staking rewards. So, so that's basically on top of whatever rewards that you get for liquid staking as well. Correct. So that SD holder, that SD staker, whatever the mechanism we end up going with, 
it's going to be receiving that revenue that Stader is making in Phantom, that Stader is making in BNB, that Stader is making in Polygon, and that Stader will be making on Ethereum when we go live. But you don't have okay. to have exposure to the SD token if you just want to be a liquid staker. Very, very well said. And actually, we are approaching the latter end of our session today. So I think we have a few minutes. Antonio, I'll give you the floor for anything else you want to say, some closing remarks before we end the session. Yes, please. So I would like to finish with a call to action. I had so much fun in today's uh, call, guys. I mean, your questions were uh, really well thought. I would really want to make a call to action if anybody, you know, holds anywhere between 4 to 32 ETH and until today has been priced out of validating the network. You seriously should consider joining Stater Labs and help decentralize the network, help stake ETH flow from centralized players to permissionless players like us. We are working on having a staking revolution in Ethereum, and we are barely one and a half months away of going mainnet. I encourage you guys, if this is something exciting for you, to join our Discord and be part of the revolution. If you want to be just a passive actor, of course, you can just liquid stake your ETH once we go live in a, in a month time, anywhere from 0.01 ETH onwards, but if you happen to have between 4 and 32 ETH and you want to have an active role decentralizing and securing the network, please join us as permissionless node operator. That's it for me, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that concludes our session today, Maximizing Your Yield, a guide to staking and DeFi. I would like to thank Antonio, head of community of Stater Labs, for really um, talking and guiding us through how how to stake on their platform, the difference of um, liquidity staking and other forms of staking as well. And a while ago, we also had Amit, the founder of Stater Labs, but unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, um, Antonio had to do all the talking, which turned out pretty great as well. So, yeah, I mean, I would like to thank everyone who took the time out and really listened into the session. Um, my name is Enzo, and that concludes our AMA session. Thank you, everyone, for joining. <laughs>